Howdy doody dandy doody. Uh, welcome back to absolutely nobody's favorite podcast, Annoying Question Boy. With me, your host, your boy. Uh, I hope everybody's having a decent week so far. Um, I'm not, so I hope that you are. Not for any in particular reason, uh, just mostly because, you know, life. Um, but I hope that's not the case for you folks, because I always wish the best for my viewers, because I'm such a fantastic person, you know? What can I say? Um, but I hope everybody's staying safe, staying healthy, uh, staying the fuck away from the White House. Um, so, I've, I've tried recording this episode a few times now, and it just hasn't come out that, that great. Um, but I, I tried talking about, like, Trump getting the virus in just about every recording, and none of the, you know, takes that I had, um, I thought were very good. So I was kind of, I'm kind of nervous about talking about this, because I'm worried I'm going to end up deleting this again. But, like, uh, Trump getting COVID is quite possibly, like, the funniest thing in the entire world that could have happened right now. Um, I don't really know where I stand in my perception of the effect it's going to have on the election. Um, my initial thought was, you know, Trump has fantastic medicine. He has, for some ungodly reason, like the, the strength of an oxen and is able to survive a diet of exclusively Egg McMuffins for over 30 years. Um, and so at first I was like, fuck, he's going to get it. It's going to come out fine. Then he's going to be like, oh, see, see, Joe, see, I told you wearing your big, your big stupid mask was so stupid and big and stupid. Um, because I got COVID and I didn't even fucking die. I mean, I killed half of the Senate floor and my soon-to-be uh, uh, Supreme Court justice nominee. But, hey, I made it out fine, so it's really not that bad. Um, but then I kind of listened to a few podcasts, and I listened to, um, or I should say I watched on YouTube, uh, Hassan Abi's, uh, like, Twitch stream clips. And he kind of made the case for the fact that, like, no matter what, this reflects bad on Trump. Um, and I kind of now am leaning more towards that, that understanding, just because simply, like, the way he put it was, you know, for eight to ten months, he's been making a mockery of this virus. He's been, for a good portion of that time, claiming it's not even real, then claiming, you know, it might be real, but most of it is, you know, the numbers are but, uh buffed as to, you know, get a bunch of financing for, uh, I forget where they said the money, oh, for the states and stuff like that, uh, and then the claim was like, it's actually a democratic hoax as a way to throw the election, we all remember May, April and May, um, and then in like June and July, it, you know, was kind of steady in that place that it was like a, a democratic, um, ploy in order to throw the election, and then we crossed 100,000 deaths. And I remember when they first started reporting on that, that we had officially crossed 100,000 deaths, and I remember feeling like, like, what the fuck is happening right now? Because, like, the whole first three, four months of, you know, quarantine were, like, traumatizing as fuck. Um... And obviously, the cracked reality is most of us knew and understood it at the time. But I feel like, to some extent, most of us were like, this will be over in a couple months. Like, they'll quit fucking around, they'll get their shit together, they'll realize, like, dude, 100,000 people have died. Like, we can't keep dicking around. And then, they did nothing. They did nothing. We've, for months been in limbo with the Democrats and the Republicans 
having quote-unquote discussions about corona relief. Well, we just passed 210,000 deaths, and I haven't checked, but I'll bet you we've just passed again 220,000, you know? Because it's not, it's not going away, and it's actually getting worse because people are thinking that it's going away. People are thinking that, you know, well, it's been 8 to 10 months. We don't really have to take it seriously anymore. Let's start going out to the bars again. Let's start... Uh, you know, having parties again and stuff like that. And I'm guilty of that. I mean, I went to the bar like two, three weeks ago with some of my friends and I felt gross about it while I was there. I've gone out to eat a couple times and felt really gross being there. Um, and I'll also probably like be having a game night here soon with some of my friends. Um, and I don't really know how to feel about it because on one hand, like, obviously the socially conscious thing to do is like, do not visit with anyone, do not be around anyone, do not, you know, socialize or anything like that because that's how the virus spreads. Um, at the same time, I don't really know, like, what, what's the, what's the cutoff? I mean, on my day-to-day -day life, I am interacting with like, I, I work in retail. I work at a smoke shop. I'm interacting with, like, two to three hundred different people a day. Now, granted, they don't all come into the store, but I touch the money that they just touched, you know what I mean? And I, sometimes if they bring in, say, a vape or something like that that they're trying to fix, I touch their vape that they probably have never cleaned once. Um, and so, like... I just don't know how it, how it is, how the, I'm supposed to square that in my head and know what is quote-unquote right and wrong. Because to some extent, like, I, I, I hate to say it, but to some extent, I'm, I can't handle just not being around anybody, you know? I know it's not the safest decision, but I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of in the same boat. Or maybe I'm an asshole who isn't taking this seriously enough. What the fuck do I know? But like... I feel like a lot of people are of the same opinion that, like, yeah, we have to take this seriously, but, like, I still want to see my mom. Or, like, I still want to try to have some level of normalcy, which I, I know, again, is stupid. It's stupid to cling to normalcy as a means to comfort yourself because it's all, you know, just a, a, a figment of our imagine, imagination. But... At the same time, it's kind of your innate instinct to do that. And so can you really fault yourself for every small instinctual decision you make? I mean, you shouldn't smoke. You shouldn't smoke weed. You shouldn't drink. You certainly shouldn't text and drive. Um, you shouldn't steal. You shouldn't kill. You shouldn't, you know what I mean? But yet people do. And obviously, it's not the best choice, but I think a lot of times we are made to make choices that are predetermined for us. We are given two options, but we have no say in the process of how we get there. The same way as like our presidential election and a lot of elections in this country for public office, because when you think about it, what is voting in this country? I mean... To the extent that it actually matters, and like, it, to the extent that it, it affects, um, most people conceptualize like the presidential election as like, this guy versus that guy, or I should say this person versus that person, um, but at the same time, that's not the case. Like, there's hundreds of people who run for president every single time that the election is, you know, happening. But even past that, there's hundreds of thousands more who probably not only would like to run, but probably would be better suited for the position um, that simply can't run because they don't have a couple million dollars. You know what I mean? So what even is voting in the States if all of that is predicated on someone's, you know, status in this country and that status being the the opposite of who we would want in that position? We have just a bunch of bourgeois, you know, faux aristocracy um, assholes 
parading around in the White House and in Washington and shit like that, essentially putting on a fucking play, uh, you know, playing government, playing politics. None of them have their material conditions at stake for the decisions that they make. None of them have any, like, real, you know, any harm that will come to them based off of the decisions that they make. Because, again, whether you like it or not, whether you want to admit it to yourself or not, they are all aware of their class. Now, granted, Nancy Pelosi might honestly hate Donald Trump, like think he's an asshole, and Donald Trump might also think that Nancy Pelosi is a bitch. But at the end of the day, they both know that their existence in this country is uh, directly tied to the other person's existence in this country. If Donald Trump could not be made a billionaire the way that he became a billionaire, then people like Hillary Clinton could not be Congress people. Because the actions that Hillary Clinton and the people in, um, I believe she was in, I, I don't actually know, honestly. Whatever uh, branch of government that she was in, I know it's Congress, but I don't know if it's the Senate or the House. Um, but the decisions that were made by that body of government, uh, you know, uh, regarding the way that billionaires can make their money and the way corporations can get away with, you know, huge uh, government handouts and shit like that, um, and how someone like Trump, like, can make as much money as he does or be valued as as at such a uh, an amount of money as he is, while being so far in the red and while paying almost essentially no income taxes, whatever, you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, fuck that shit. Trump's, Trump, Trump is winning for that. Trump, like he said in 2016, that makes him smart. Not paying taxes made him, made him billions of dollars. Not paying taxes has made him a billionaire. Um, that's him playing smart. Whether you like that or not, or whether you think that's good or not, is not the what what the point is. What the point is, is that is the way that our laws are written. That if you want to become a billionaire, you can be a shady asshole like that and become a billionaire by doing that. And then you have people like Hillary Clinton, people like Joe Biden, who are going to get up on that stage and proclaim what a bad, bad person that Donald Trump is for not paying taxes or for being an exploit exploitative uh, business uh, operator or for, you know, breaking laws in order to make his money, um, they're standing on they're standing on nothing because half of those people were bred and bought by companies like ExxonMobil or by, you know, the the World Bank or the fucking Clintons um, to somehow or another continue the rule of the status quo to, you know, keep things in order. Um, and so... These people like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and the New York Times who are going to sit here and, you know, spend all their time yelling at their computer screens about how, you know, ridiculous it is that Trump paid no taxes. Or even some some liberals and progressives were, uh, on, even on fucking CNN, they were like basically roasting Trump for being like a loser billionaire because he was in the red. It's like... He's still a billionaire, you stupid idiot. Like, he's still the president of the United States. Also, like, who the fuck cares if Donald Donald Trump is a fucking quote unquote bad billionaire? He's still a fucking billionaire. You know what I mean? So why the hell are you focusing on that? And then beyond that, talking about the tax returns again, that's only going to work in Trump's favor because again, it just makes him smart and it, you know. It, it emboldens his base because they think he looks like a, um, uh, you know, a fucking legend who's, you know, owning the libs by not paying any taxes. And then beyond that, it brings into question people like in the Democratic Party who maybe like 
don't like Donald Trump, but can look at something like how he earned his billions of dollars and then just focus all their anger on that rather than any, like, you know, material change that they could be attempting to affect. Um, so, again, it'll all just work in his favor. Um, the tax returns bullshit, if anybody keeps a narrative going about that. But even beyond that, the uh, Trump catching COVID will also uh, not... Well, I should say Trump catching COVID will not go in his favor, no matter how you square it. Because even if he does come out and say, you know, fucking, oh, I'm fine. I had the virus. I'm fine. Like, he still looks like a fucking doo-doo head dipshit. Um, like, someone like Boo Boo Bennett, who, you know, everybody knows her for shitting her pants now. Like, everybody's going to know Trump for being the asshole who made fun of the virus for almost a whole year and then got it and got owned. And beyond that, even if he doesn't die, which, I mean, not trying to go to the speculation station, but there's a chance. There's, I mean, not for nothing, Herman Cain died. Um, a lot of people uh, in that kind of position that they're in have died um, for you know, simply betting on their health care, really, um, rather than taking the virus seriously uh, for something that our health care system is not prepared to handle. Even the best medicine in this country, we, we don't have uh, solid-based foundational health care systems in effect in this country. So even the best of the best medicine in our country is still, you know, privatized medicine. It's still a fucking disgustingly antithetical um, creation, but it also is something that, you know, you're expecting medical care to be incentivized by profit. That's probably not going to get you the best results, you know? If a company like that's making meds wants to make money, not heal people, they'll probably make meds that actually don't heal you, like the pharmaceutical company does all the time, or the pharmaceutical industry, I should say. Um, but yeah, Trump could die. They asked, uh, they were asked about his uh, lung health, and they enacted HIPAA privacy uh, laws. So like that kind of. You know, gives you a little bit of glimmer of hope. Not that I would ever wish harm on anybody like the President of the United States, because I'm not an awful uh, anarchist, socialist, fascist like all those assholes over on CNN and uh, WKTV, those fucking liberals. Um, but speaking about the election, uh, I was listening to some podcasts while I was washing dishes before I started recording this. And uh, one of the ones that I was watch or listening to was B.B. Bledis, as always. Uh, shout out B.B. Bledis. Um, and Chris uh, was going on a little tangent there, uh, talking about how, like, uh, they were talking basically about what the most radicalizing, uh, I guess, event will be having to do with the election, like, if Trump winning will be more radicalizing than Biden winning, or, you know, what what will really in, embolden the left in this country. And uh, he made the claim that the, the most radicalizing thing that could happen, um, or at least one of them, that, you know, seems like something that could actually happen, um, is, like, the Biden winning... Um, and then, you know, essentially just fucking goofing and just dropping the ball, as he does, because he's a bumbling fucking buffoon, hopped up on who knows what, uh, just fucking seeing stars. And uh, he just, you know, completely fucks the shit up. He just basically probably keeps doing the same stuff that Trump's doing, but, like, the same way that Ob Obama was doing the same stuff that everybody hated Bush for. Um... Uh, but, all right, Bush or Clinton? One of the two. Um, 
and but like with a you know a black man's smile and i feel like that that's kind of some of the charm that joe biden will be going for and kind of how he'll be uh perpetuating the status quo but i do think that there is a genuine chance and i'm not saying that it'll change anything or affect anything but i do think that there's a genuine uh uh claim to be made that the eyes of the public will be ever on whoever wins. You know, Trump or Biden, whichever one of them wins, will have the entire world watching. Um, whether or not, again, that'll, uh, you know, create any kind of change or affect any kind of change doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I very much agree with uh, Chris's statement that that would be the most... Um, radicalizing is the the term that they used i believe uh event because i i think to some extent it'll be like the the same feeling that we got a few months ago when bernie you know uh suspended his campaign and then eventually endorsed biden um and then also kind of also just to, to that effect some uh, somewhat the same feeling that we had twenty six in 2016 when he did the same thing but endorsed Hillary. Uh, although I feel like that was like the weakest of those, uh, you know, feelings of despair. I feel like this is more along the lines of like when Bernie officially endorsed Biden again this year and everybody, well, not everybody actually, surprisingly, but a lot of people on the left were just like, Fuck Bernie, he's just one of them. I mean, to some extent, like, I get it, he's got to play his game, but we, that's not who we want. That's not who we want leading the world. Would it be better than, or I should say the country, um, would it be better than Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Oh, hell yeah, because we could probably actually have a mass movement that wouldn't get us killed. Um, but beyond that, I mean, he's still, you know, he's still a player. He's still playing the game, um... And to some extent, he'll have to continue doing that as president, or they'll fucking kill him, or, you know, impeach him, or they'll, you know, have Amy Coney Barrett, they'll pull a, a, a reverse normalcy and really fuck the libs, and they'll have Amy Coney Barrett say that Bernie Sanders sexually assaulted her, and then you're going to have you know, 70% of this country not knowing what the fuck to say because they all love Bernie, but they're also so uh, proud of being woke and, you know, survivor listeners and everything like that, that they'll all, all drive themselves mad and just eventually end up uh, jumping off a bridge. But, like, I feel like even beyond that, if Biden does get it, which I think... I think they both have a, 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 if I could each give them an 80% chance, or if I could give each of them an 80% chance of winning, I would. I genuinely think that they both have an above average chance to win. Um, Trump getting COVID kind of shook Trump's campaign a little bit. I haven't really been online the last couple of days, so I don't know to what extent, uh, but I would assume that it, it probably at least took a couple, you know, a good, a, a little portion of people and at least put Trump into question in their mind. Um, but I think Biden getting in and just straight up, you know, having a fucking gaffed, um, is it gaffed or gaff? I don't know. Just being a, just being good old Joe, I think it'll be a stronger feeling than we even felt when Bernie endorsed Biden. Because, like, it'll be like the culmination of all the frustrations towards Trump and his administration, then our anger at the DNC for, like, not giving us Bernie, <clears throat> the frustration for COVID itself, and then also how it's been handled, all the stimulus bullshit we've gone through, all the people that are, you know, at risk for evictions, losing their jobs... Um, people who have, you know, family or friends dying, um, and then still after all of that, essentially having to settle for Biden, and then if that happened and then we watched that one little last ounce of hope, you know, just 
fucking, you know, just flicker out as Biden pulls a, a, a Biden, it'll just be an explosion of frustrations, I feel like. It, it, at the very least, it'll be a radicalizing moment. It'll be a moment in time where Anno me, or at, at the very least, if not Anno me, a, you know, uh, uh, an elimination of norms and structures in society if not that at the very least a a true questioning of society will be you know put into place and it'll i think it has the potential to do something that's all i that's all i can say on top of that i also genuinely feel that a pull to the left could be more possible for liberals and progressives if they watched that happen. Because to a lot of liberals and progressives, even though Biden to some of them because they wanted Bernie is like a compromise, it's not so much a compromise as it's like a second choice, you know? Like if they if we had ranked choice voting, like most liberals and progressives probably would have voted Bernie and then Biden, or, like, Bernie, then Kamala, you know, um, because they don't actually have a conception of global politics and understand that someone like Bernie, even though he's just a, uh, a, a sock dem, or, no, a democratic socialist, dem sock, my apologies, um, even though he's just a dem sock, he is two completely different, like, not only should Joe Biden and Kamala Harris be Republicans, and if they ran 20 years ago, they would have been, but also, like, where they stand as liberals even is, you know, where they're proposed to be is even so insanely different, two completely different ideologies than even democratic socialism, because to its core, Liberalism is a capitalistic ideology. It is an ideology that perpetuates the free market and laissez-faire econ uh, economics. So it's like, at the end of the day, liberalism is still uh, connected to, and honestly, in a lot of ways, very, very similar to conservatism and republicanism. All, all I gotta say is, uh, um, if that happen leftists uh be prepared to kind of be uh uh some teachers for a while you know i know it sucks i'm not i'm not an educated leftist by any means i've read very little theory i've done very little direct action i only very recently came into my own when it comes to these things um it's important to not not completely write off people at least those who, you know, their their move, their shift to the left could be meaningful in some way. Um, so just be ready to be teachers as best as you can. Um, because liberals and progressives will need it if that happens. If we want to actually galvanize, uh, you know, some form of a mass movement. Um, but another possible way to radicalize liberals... Um, that I, I've kind of been toying with in my head, and I think I think that I might I might do it, um, and I'll I'll discuss it after I, I kind of go through what it, what it is I want to talk about. But um, another way that I feel like radicalizing liberals could be possible is like because I I did this earlier and it it it, it, it made me laugh. But if like a bunch of leftists went on, like, liberal pages, or even just, like, liberals themselves, their pages, and, like, looked at their political memes, and just, like, care-reacted them, or, like, love-reacted them, and then comment, lo commented, like, based, or, like, e even, like, like, facts, like, saying, like, facts on their posts to get them to feel, like, a bit of hubris, and then kind of... It sounds gross talking about it like this because it sounds like, um, oh, exploitative and, um, it, it feels like a predator 
mentality. But to some extent, that has to happen. Like, you have to be ready to capitalize on moments in order to educate people because people learn from experience. So I feel like after you get that, that person kind of feeling good about themselves, you can kind of capitalize on that by, like, exchanging memes with them. You know what I mean? Because a lot of leftist culture and a lot of even liberal culture now is memes. Um, a lot of liberals live on Facebook. They also really like Instagram, you know? Sharing memes with people like that is, like, the best way to culminate an online friendship. It's a lot of the way that a lot of leftists culminate online friendships, it feels like. Um, and then slowly but surely kind of send more leftist, quote-esque uh, memes. Uh... And kind of bring, like, leftist views into the forefront of the, the media that you share with them. Um, obviously, person to person, you would know how to go about, you know, what to send, whether memes is a good thing, articles, books, what have you. You know, I have a libertarian friend, shout out Sam, who very much enjoys articles and books and podcasts. Don't forget podcasts, leftists. But so I'd like to send him some of the ones that I think kind of touch on the subjects that I know that he's passionate about, or at least has concerns about, in order to get him to kind of understand the leftist point of view, and then from that point be able to, you know, pick his own views. Because again, it is ultimately someone else's choice to decide what they are to believe. You know, you cannot force anyone to believe anything. But you can, to some extent, uh, encourage them, or entice them to believe something when you can show them real material proof of that thing. You know what I mean? And it sucks that we have had to live in a world with such capitalistic uh, hegemony because we haven't be been able to see really many like true socialist or communist states uh, succeed. Um, or even if they have succeeded, like places like Vietnam, which I would, I would argue is a very successful communist state, um, as well as North Korea. Um, although, again, with North Korea, like China, our media surrounding those two countries is very obscured because obviously we in America have a narrative to push. <clears throat> and North Korea and China, uh, like me and John talked about, uh, John from Beep Beep, uh, a few episodes back, about how, um, you know, China and North Korea and places like that can't really let out much information about what they're doing because then it'll be used as a tool of either, like in Bolivia, um, when they started to nationalize uh, the lithium mines, that caused uh, a coup. You know, so if, if China or North Korea really let loose everything that they were doing, it definitely would not lead to them being able to continue trying to do that. So I am very skeptical about any information that I receive about China or North Korea on either side, because even though some people are very good at finding, you know, non-biased articles and stuff like that, those articles are still written by people that are, you know, speaking on their education and their understanding of something. And if, if they don't have any more intel than you and I do, then their, you know, their article, no matter how unbiased they are, is still not necessarily true. But, like, uh, to kind of get back to the, my point, the, the best way to radicalize a lib, I feel like, or a progressive, is by, like, befriending them. Because, at the end of the day, most Dems are, like, at least to some extent, like, dorks, which is perfectly fine. Like, don't get me wrong, I am also kind of a dork. Um, I mean, I'm super into politics. That's pretty dorky, if you ask me. It's f fine. Um, it's also true. Like, it's, f it's also very funny that Democrats and, like, liberals and progressives are, like, big fucking dorks. But that would probably be the best shot at bringing the general public past centrism or at the, you know, at the very least, past centrism is by befriending them. And also on top of that, like, not to rag on liberals or progressives anymore, real quick, just for a second, before I continue to rag on liberals and progressives, like, 
we are the working class. Like, leftists, as well as... Even though the liberals in most states would be considered the bourgeois, they they are not truly a, a bourgeois class because up, up until a certain point, you still are the working class in this country. Like, even if you're a, a, a quote-unquote successful middle-class, like, suburbanite who, you know, maybe you're a, an optometrist and you're making six figures a year and you're, you're you know, your life partner is, a, I don't know, a, an ER nurse and they make 80 grand. You know, even if you're a, pick, a white picket fence type bitch, Still, at the end of the day, most people can't afford one medical emergency, one, you know, uh-oh, one oopsie. So, like, to, to that extent, there's still working class, as much as in any other state they would have been the bourgeois class, they are, in fact, part of the proletariat simply based off of their separation between, you know, the ruling class in themselves. I think more than anything, even though they might be perceived as class traitors to some extent, and and bourgeois, um, they're still the working class because more than anything, their survival is tied to their wages and their labor production, and therefore they are a member of the working class as far as I'm concerned. Um, to kind of talk about, like, you know, bringing the general public left and uh, kind of what, what can radicalize the left, I think a, a big portion of... I think a big portion of focus, to some extent, at least in the person-to-person the -person context, which I will say is very important in, you know, the times that we are existing in, but I think the last thing on any leftist's mind should be, you know, changing one person's mind. You know, like, direct action and affecting change should be the main goal of any leftist. Um, spreading your knowledge is, of course, important, but you shouldn't overwhelm yourself by trying to convince one specific person uh, what, what it is that you know to be true, because at the end of the day, nothing, again, will convince anyone of anything other than experience. There's some people that you cannot, uh, you cannot negotiate with, you cannot educate, because they simply do not have it in their brains to conceptualize anything other than their own personal reality. Um, but I think a lot of people's personal reality has been called into question because of COVID. And I think one of those things that sadly did not make the cut of things that got brought into question for a lot of people is like our day-to-day -day life as an American or really our day-to-day -day life within a, a capitalist society like America because a lot of people were out of jobs for a long time still almost 50 percent of this country is out of a job um some people's jobs don't even fucking exist anymore a lot of people's jobs don't even fucking exist anymore but for some reason, probably just because of the, you know, insane amounts of propaganda that this country has uh, pumped into the general public's minds. But for some reason, with people at home doing nothing, uh, for a lot of people, they were able to capitalize on the time to pursue hobbies or begin new hobbies, uh, kind of in dive into their interests if they could afford it, you know. Or, at the very least, have time to think and, you know, look at life, think about what they wanted to do, what they missed. And then, you know, beyond that, if we were actually a culture of, I don't want to say intelligent, but of actual forward-thinking people instead of just you know, staying true to the belief that this reality is the only reality and it's the stagnant reality and therefore it will never change. If we were more forward-thinking people, um, I genuinely think that we would have made the connection that, hey, I, I'm pretty sure that the 40-hour work week and how we structure our lives surrounding our careers and how having a career and selling 60% of your life away to a, a career of not usually even your choice 
um, because you got to make enough money to survive. But we didn't make the connection that like, hey, that's probably not the best that we can do. Not even to be like, fuck capitalism, I hate this shit, fuck this, we're burning the, the shit down. But even just in your like mind's eye of, you know, human beings always are supposed to always, I should say, take the easiest route forward. So why is it that we as Americans have not come to the conclusion that, you know, our, our work structure, uh, even our schooling that breeds us into being able to survive an eight to five office job or, you know, some bullshit ass retail job like that. Even that stuff is so uh, ingrained with this this idea that like reality is both it's insane because people believe that reality is both steadily improving but improving but also steadily staying the same in that you know no new problems are arising um, and a lot of modernity is based around this idea that we've made it you know like we are the alpha um, and we got this shit in the bag which obviously, as we can tell by half of the world being on fire right now, isn't the case. But at the same time, until it directly affects a lot of people, especially in a lot of neoliberal cultures, uh, it doesn't fucking matter what's happening. Uh, unless, it again, it's directly affecting them. Most people don't fucking care. That is unless you are someone is who is perceived as, quote-unquote, successful in society because to some extent the main purpose of a government in a society such as ours is to stimulate the cultural necessity to be normal or in other terms like a contributing citizen like what does that mean you know uh in order to feel that you deserve to be valued like a lot of the democratic party stands um, they're, like, so cucked in a way that's insane to comprehend. Because in some sense, they are quite certainly aware of their material conditions, um, that they are either not what they should be on, you know, the furthest left of the Democratic Party stands, or they're at least not what they used to be. And that somehow, in a, 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 a liberal's brain is rerouted or like overridden in their heads by their necessity to uphold institutional structures and like have decorum and shit like hella libs are talking about don't wish ill on the president talking about trump having covid and it's like of all the people who deserve this fate he is at the very very least in the top 10 um, those are also the same ones that are on social media talking about quote-unquote agitating leftists who are trying to sink the election by trying to convince people to vote third party. Um, these are the people that are going to vote shame leftists or just people in general for not voting. To some extent, I think also that the, the earlier case that the accelerationists would vote for Biden and hope that he just drops the ball, which to some extent is kind of a surefire shot, you know, based off of the, you know, overwhelming amount of data to prove it. But at the same time, at the same time, I think Joe Biden failing would be a four-year ordeal. I don't think even if he doesn't pass, you know, effective Medicare um, or effective health care, even if he doesn't fix the economy, even if he still lets all the evictions go through, even if, you know, all the shit that is right around the corner, even if that all happens, I still feel like to some, like 70% of me believes that people still go like, yeah, but I mean, imagine how bad it would have been under, you know, Trump, you know, because even right, even right now they do that, um, you know, like Trump, Trump voters do it, talking about, well, 
I mean, look at what Obama did. And they're right, you know? And then people on the quote-unquote left, you know, the Democrats, look at someone like Trump and say, listen, this is an abomination. This is a disrespectful slap in the face to the position and honorable uh, existence that is the President of the United States. Um, and we have to get him specifically out. Um, so both sides do it, but like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I feel like that, that, I don't know. I, I hate, again, I hate having, um, speculation station. I think, you know what, I think I'm going to do a bonus episode where I just do speculation station. I'm just going to premise it and just be like, listen, I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. Just going off of gut feelings and what I feel like the worst possible scenario could be. Um, and just throwing that out into the world. Um, some people might hate me for it because some people might believe that I am manifesting this. Um, I mean, like, I'm just sitting in the middle of New York. Like, I don't know what the fuck me saying shit is really doing to change anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I was originally talking about. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to stop. All right. I, I've been smoking so much recently, so much tobacco, um, legal, uh, plants that I won't be arrested for because I abide the law because I am a good hearted American and a contributing citizen. Since I don't know what the fuck I was talking about, I'll just hop on to my next point um, and kind of finish up here. So I was talking to my friend Scott, who is also my one and only co-worker. Shout out, Scott. Uh, I am drowning in hours. Someone please apply. <laughs> um, we need you. But I was talking to my friend Scott about how, like, philosophy, in my opinion... Um, it should be predicated on the idea or the intentionality that the answers to problems that they come to should therein be used to affect change. Not simply by, like, spreading that information, because as we all know, like we've seen with scientists and everything this year, it doesn't fucking matter what people say, really, but what people see. And we can get into a discussion about this at another time, but, like, in this country and in this world today, um, like, the world, the world where we are actively inventing a cure to a virus that dropped last year, like, that's fucking bananas. But yet half of the revelations and realizations and discovery that we come to in this country I are either refuted as being, quote, socialist propaganda when you're talking about political realizations, and beyond that, when things such as scientific realizations are made, like the fact that wearing a mask is a key component to helping to stop the spread of COVID is brought to the table Half the country just doesn't fucking believe it because one asshole or really one group of assholes is all just, you know, every single day reminding them that, like, scientists don't know what they're talking about. They always change. They always change the ideas. First, they said we didn't need a mask. Now they said that we did need a mask because I don't recognize that information is gathered over time and therefore new knowledge can be discovered. Um, and therefore, you know, someone might think that something is true, but then upon more research and discovery, they come to the understanding that they actually were wrong, and therefore they give different advice. Um, because that's not a real thing. Um, but yeah, so that kind of connects into my last point, which is, uh, I got into an argument with my grandma on the phone today, actually. Sorry, grandma, I love you. Um but you were being fucking annoying. Uh, kind of to do with, like, politics and religion, because whenever I talk to my grandma for some reason, I also, I always talk to her about politics. I think it's just because what I'm interested in and what I am 
you know, actively learning about, and my grandma actually supports my passions and therefore allows me to rant about these things. Um, so that's mostly why I talk to her about it. Um, but beyond that, I think also it's because she was one of the most receptive people to it. My mom is starting to become that person, but at first she was the most receptive to it. But every so often she kind of just switches up on me and she starts relaying everything back to God. Now, I've talked about it on the show before. If this is your first time listening to this, you obviously don't know that. Uh, or don't know this, but my family is extremely Christian. Protestant, Euro-American, um, and I don't mean, like, actual uh, um, immigrants from Europe, but, like, you know, white my family is German. I'm not because I'm adopted, but my family is German and Polish, like white evangelical Protestants. Like that is my family. Uh, so whenever my grandma talks about God, it is like, it's a whirlwind, dog. Like it, it's crazy. The conclusions that she comes to and the ideas that she has and the thoughts and words that she says, because you know, religion is crazy people stuff, but we won't talk about that. Because that's offensive and not woke of me. Um, but, like, even though I've done that before. <laughs> oops. But, um, yeah, so this idea in this country, and again, I've also talked about this on the show, but the idea in this country that someone's belief is equal to the truth in its importance and value in society, or at least its proposed value in society, is ridiculous. You know, a lot of people in this country say that, oh, it's my freedom of speech. It's my, it's my freedom of speech. I can say that. I can believe whatever I want because that's my freedom as an American. Um, I mean, first of all, not to hurt anybody's feelings, but when you say stuff like that, you sound like a fucking moron. Because, you know what you're saying? I don't care if I'm right, if I'm speaking the truth, if I have any evidence to my claims. This is what I just randomly heard on fucking Fox News or something that I, you know, my fucking 80-year-old dad, who's been an alcoholic since I was four years old, told me 20 years ago, and I've never once even Googled it, um, but because it's what I believe, and I live in America, and I'm a white 40-year-old man, because that is the person who, you know, pleads this case, uh, because all of that is true, I get to believe whatever I want, and you have to let me believe that, and not try to disprove me, and you have to respect me, and you have to be nice to me, and you have to let me believe that because I'm an American, and that's what I believe. The idea that that is equal to the truth, which I don't mean that in, you know, a subjective way. I don't mean the truth as in you know, one truth for one person. Like, if someone were to believe that the word for uh, orange was actually uh, irnin, uh, their whole life, you know, was taught that, that that is the name for an orange. Um, where was it? Yeah, like, the, not not the, simply the, the belief that, like, you know, the, uh, the word for something is different, and therefore what's true, you know... Is it actually orange or is it irnin? Um, but like, like provable material things like, is this made of copper or silver? You know, um, is two plus two four? Like things like that that are directly provable, and to some extent, even though obviously statistics and data that is used in statistics can be manipulated in order to prove a point. Usually, statisticians, 
unless they are directly hired by a private company to research them something, are not influenced by motive, because who the fuck is going to become a statistician, which I don't even know if I'm saying that career name right, but who the fuck is going to become a statistician to just, like, create studies to prove what they think? Like, what crazy, insane person would do shit like that? Um, it's... It's just, it's not the majority, so it's, like, not the, the concern, right? So, whenever somebody says some shit, like, oh, that, that it could be manipulated, yeah, so, so is yours, probably. On top of that, um, like, you're also, like, people shouldn't be allowed to just believe whatever they want. And I know someone's gonna be, I, actually, I don't think anyone will be in the comments, because nobody fucking listens to my podcast. But, someone might comment and say, like, oh, here goes another leftist that's just trying to organize another just different oppressive state. And it's like, no, because the difference is I am not suppressing free speech or I wouldn't. I am not. Yeah, I'm the new I'm the new president, guys. I actually won. Uh, Trump getting covid was actually a long ploy by uh, Antifa LLC organization of which I am, of course, the chairman and CEO of. Um and also uh, the chairman and CEO of Campbell's Soup for, uh, you know, the, the mainstay production of family, uh, or soup for my family. God damn it, I fucked up the delivery on that joke. Whatever. I'm putting this shit in because that's, that's still also funny. Um, fuck. Yeah, um... No, but, like, I wouldn't advocate for the, the, the oppression of freedom of speech or freedom of the press or anything like that, but that... The, the freedom of speech and the freedom of press is predicated on the information that you are spreading. If, if it is consequential, your spreading of that information, say, like the president of the United States saying that the virus isn't real, um, something like that is not considered freedom of speech because you are intentionally spreading misinformation that puts someone's life in direct harm. Um, and that's fucking insane. My girlfriend wanted to say hi. Hi, she, podcast. She just walked in the door while I was recording this. But I was about to finish up anyway. So Goodbye, podcast. Love you. Love you. Um, yeah, so, like, I feel like to some extent, and many people have talked about this before me. I always talk about shit that people have already fucking talked about. Whatever. Totally not stealing content or anything. Um, but, like... Uh, I mean, I there's a, a hundred percent um, importance in the factuality of information that exists as truth in society. Because, as, as I've <clears throat> kind of mentioned before, in our, our culture today in America, truth is not necessarily as important as believed you know like if enough people believe something it is equally as true as the actual truth if not usually more true because usually the truth is in direct opposition to what the majority of americans believe because we are the dumbest uh country in the entire world ever um shout out land of the free and the home of the brave but like at the end of the day, like I said, truth is what will actually help a society. You know, even looking at the news, like, nobody knows what the fuck is going on with Donald Trump. Wouldn't it be a really cool idea for the people of a country to know whether or not their president is dying so that they can get ready for uh, just another wave of just shit storm and doo-doo death farts? You know, like, we're already watching the American empire just completely collapse. But I would at least like to know if the entire foundation is going to fall out tomorrow. Um, not to say that if Trump died, that would be the end of all, the end all be all of events. But it certainly would be a big fucking one um, and cause a lot of problems. And I both uh, hope that he has a quick and 
speedy, um, uh, experience, <laughs> but also am extremely terrified of what is going to happen if slash when he does, uh, kick the can, or kick the bucket. Um, but I do think it's hysterical that, uh, just real quick to finish up the pod, I do think the funniest thing about all of this is everybody's, like, insistence, and by everyone I mean, like, Fox News and people who watch Fox News and also some libs, honestly, um, who are like, yeah, he, like, the he's healthy again, like, it's gone, it was, it wasn't real, like, no, Trump, Trump and his administration are not dumb enough to say he has the virus if he doesn't actually have the virus. Like, they knew for a week that he had the virus and still kept testing. Um, if you don't know that, he probably got it from the Amy Coney Barrett, uh, picnic luncheon thing that a bunch of other Republicans got it from. Uh, and therefore he at least would have had it in his mind that he might have it, at the very least, um... Well, like, actively debating with Joe Biden and, like, going to meetings with, like, high-class high donors. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's our president, and it, it's great and fun and a good time. But, um, I forget. Oh, it's hysterical that everybody's saying that he's, like, perfectly fine. Now, all of a sudden, as if, like, the reason why he's acting fine um, is because he is on more steroids than any other person has ever been on. And also, like, experimental drugs for antibody creation. And on top of that, the souffle of whatever drugs he takes, plus, you know, all the disgusting wealths of food that he consumes, as well as, I mean, really, I think what's putting him... I think the only thing that is going to save Trump's life is the thick coating of diet Pepsi residue on his lungs uh, that is uh, repelling coronavirus from truly taking hold of his system, you know? Uh, so, I mean, shout out Trump. Hope for uh, this all to be over soon. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. And to all my listeners, we'll see you on the other side. Uh, if you are still listening to this, I appreciate you very much. I hope that we do see you on the other side. And by that, I mean, I hope that you uh, continue listening. I also have a blog, which you can find on Annoying Question Boy, spelled exactly like that. No spaces, no capitals. Um, dot blog spot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. And then I also have a YouTube, which, yet again, I have not posted to in a long time. I'm sorry. I'm working, like, 60 hours a week. I want to die. Um, and also, I don't really think that my YouTube stuff is quality. But we've, we... we it, fuck that. Um, but, yeah, I also have, of course, social media. I got Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. At Annoying Question Boy on all of those. Um, and hopefully soon I'll probably, it all depends on my work schedule and how steady that becomes, which, uh, probably not going to be a thing that we find out for a while, but depending on if that becomes steady, I might start, um, like I might start a Patreon and start doing like legit ass bonus episodes and bonus content, stuff like that. I already have an idea for like my first episode, but I mean, realistically, I could just release that as a bonus like I've been doing for a couple of my episodes. But I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, it all depends on what, I mean, leave a comment if you're still listening. Like, obviously you like my stuff because you're still listening. So if you would like me to create, like, a Patreon and have, like, exclusive content and have that VIP hierarchy that we leftists all love and enjoy. Um, that's sarcasm, of course, obviously. Not hating on Patreon or people who use Patreon. Don't cancel me. But, um, or if you'd rather I just release bonus episodes that aren't, like, along the lines of my normal content. Um, but yeah, other than that, I hope everybody's, uh, doing all right. Um, if you have the opportunity to, 
Uh, I hope that you would do whatever it is in your ability to um, help it so that the President of the United States, our one and only Daddy Trump, can have a just swift end to his suffering that he's experienced right now. So if there's anything that you can do to to get that, to get that, you know, release, that, 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 um, that eradication of suffering for our, our lovely leader, I, 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 I plead of you to do whatever it is in your power to get that, and to also heal the nation that just had to watch their, their, their big daddy doo-doo head, um, get totally cucked by not just, you know, a virus that he very well could have, you know, enacted policies and shit like that so that he never would have had to even worry about himself getting it, let alone all these people dying. But also getting cucked by, like, you know, himself because he's created this version of himself that has to exist, otherwise everybody knows something is wrong. That he has to do dumb shit like wrap himself up in bubble wrap and get in the back of a car with a, a poor, probably fresh out of the, fresh off the ranks, or fresh off the racks, uh, a secret service kid, um, and drive around and wave to the 32 people sitting outside of uh, Walter Reed Hospital. And now he's, you know, back in Washington, D.C., so what the fuck am I talking about? We're all going to die. Uh, yeah, so I hope that uh, makes you feel better. Uh, it's not illegal to pee on your own property while a cop goes by and show them your dick and balls and flip them off. That's all I'm saying. Like, that's not illegal, probably. Just saying. So, yeah, you could do that or you, you don't have to. But, I mean, yet again, I, I'm pretty sure it's not.